Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Acts of Pod. My name is Brandon Shu. I am the host of Acts of Pod. What a weird week. What a weird month. A lot of negative stuff happening right now in the world. Everybody is trying to do their part, obviously, to try and make a difference. I am not unique in trying to do that, but I thought I'd use this podcast as a platform to try and form a small portion of the uh, population, how how uh, how business might work during this pandemic. So I interviewed Vince Safani of Joyride, and we do quite a bit of work together uh, in the micromobility space. I thought it would be useful to talk about how micromobility might or might not be impacted during the course of of a pandemic like this. I hope, you know, you get something out of the podcast. I might do a couple of these podcasts and and how insurance and industry can be affected by it, pros, cons, and, and everything else. But anyways, I just thought I would try to do my part. Enjoy. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Acts of Pod. My name is Brandon Chu. I am your host of Exapod, and today, a special guest with me from Joyride all the way in Toronto, we have Vince Safani. Is it? Did I pronounce that right, Vince? Yes. Vince and I do a little work together in the industry. We have some mutual clients and friends and people that we work with in, in the micromobility space. And Vince and his company, Joyride, just put out a blog post today, which is, we're recording this on Friday the 13th, <laughs> um, which, which <laughs> brings into play all sorts of, all sorts of uh, innuendo, I guess, uh, regarding COVID-19, the coronavirus, and kind of the effects that it might or might not have on on the uh, micromobility space. So I thought it would just be a good time to just do a quick interview and talk about, maybe riff on this a little bit and talk about how we, uh, how, how we might foresee the micromobility space being utilized in a pandemic. So uh, maybe I'll kick that off to you, Vince, and just maybe if you want to give a little background on, on Joyride and what you guys do and, and what, you, uh, what you put out in your blog post, we can go from there. Thanks for having me, Brandon, on the, the podcast and to be able to talk about this and, and just what we're seeing in the industry. My name is Vince. I'm the founder of Joyride, and we're a micro-mobility platform that helps anyone launch their own bike share, scooter share, moped, anything in a micro-mobility space. And so you can think of us as the Shopify for mobility, where you'll go out, pick your vehicle of choice, whether it's scooters in, in your own local market, and we'll provide you all the software tools to launch, grow, and scale your business to compete with any of the larger players in the business or to have complete market share in, in maybe your particular market. We have operators all over the world in over 70 different markets now, I believe, five different continents. We've had a lot of our operators talk to us about what's going on with the coronavirus. And so we've heard a lot. And so we decided we wanted to distill our own thoughts, put it together, some things that we're hearing from some of our partners in this space, and just kind of put it all as one resource, just so people can start thinking about, you know, how is this going to impact my business or maybe the industry and just start a discussion from there. And so I'm glad to be here on this podcast to be able to chat about that with you. You kind of laid it out in this blog post, but 
I think it's a pretty obvious point and a, and a good one, your first bullet point here and, you know, hope to avoid of, of public transportation and how that kind of plays into the micromobility space being that we all can kind of practice a little bit of social distancing uh, on a scooter. It's a very one-to-one sort of environment. What are your thoughts on how the avoidance of public transportation might impact the micromobility space? Um, it's a big part of my life. I don't live close enough to our office that I can take uh, a scooter or a, or a bike every single day. And so I've noticed just quite dramatically that there have been less and less people on my commute. And so I think it makes sense if you live in a downtown core, if you're not fortunate enough to be able to work from home and you still have to go to your job every single day, that you might want to look for other ways to get to work. And maybe that's avoiding public transit, whether it's um, to the, the crowded bus or crowded streetcar or subway. Or maybe you're even thinking you don't want to take an Uber or a taxi to get to your destination as well because psychological thing. The result is real. And, and what we're seeing and what we're hearing from a lot of our partners is that it has grown for some of our operators because people might be looking for other ways to get around to city. I think we linked out to one article where Hello Bike, the dockless bike share system, one of the operators in China has actually noticed an uptick in riders um, in Wuhan because doctors, nurses still have to get to work. Um, there's still a lot of service workers, service people who have to get to work as well. And so um, driving isn't really an option and it might be safer to just quickly disinfect a scooter or a bike and jump on that and feel a lot safer. And so that's what we're seeing. I've uh, just today been talking to quite a few prospects and clients that are kind of ramping up with trade potentially being impacted with China and a lot of these manufacturers manufacturing the scooters or bikes in China. I mean, have you been able to uh, kind of delineate if, if that's going to be a problem for players in the industry and in, in ramping up or scaling in the wake of everything that's going on? Yeah, it's hard, right? I mean, we we definitely had some of our operators who were planning either launching for the first time, brand new launch, thinking of delaying it because there's a national emergency or crowds are banned or they're just not able to launch right now because the government has kind of put a stop to it. And so that's getting delayed. We've noticed shipments are getting delayed as well. So we have some operators who have to get their vehicles in smaller batches and they're getting less of the vehicles delivered over time. And then we're seeing some of our operators who may have taken a break over the winter who are thinking about starting maybe mid-March or the beginning of April, rethinking that and maybe delaying it for another month or another couple of weeks. And so everyone's just patiently waiting right now. No one's really made any definitive decision and each market is entirely different. And then we have some markets who aren't affected at all and businesses as usual. And those people are paying attention thinking, okay, when is the virus actually coming and how can we best prepare for it? Having seen what's happened in other countries like in China and Italy and South Korea. And so people are just paying attention and, and just waiting and, and no one has any real answers right now. And I think we kind of tried to make that clear too. And in the blog post that we don't have any answers and we just want to share the information that we do have that we've heard. One of the things you mentioned in your blog post was, you know, city planning and kind of the go forward conversation with 
cities and jurisdictions in terms of how they how they're looking at public transportation versus micromobility or micromobility. I mean, what are your thoughts on how this might accelerate some conversations with cities and and their plans to unfold scooter shares or bike shares or both? Yeah, I think what this has demonstrated is there really is no one size fits all for transportation in a city. There's no perfect method. You can't really rely on um, subways or just streetcars or buses or or necessarily even just public transit to get you everywhere. Because look at what's happening right now. People aren't necessarily interested in getting onto a crowded platform or vehicle and in sharing really close space with other people. There needs to be those other options. I mean, people talk about it all the time, but in, we're getting closer to 2030, but the United Nations says by that year, a third of people are going to be living in cities all over the world. And so I don't think we're going to necessarily solve the issue of population density. I mean, I used to live in London and you're not going to have less people in London in 10 years because of a fear of another coronavirus or something similar. I think populations across cities are going to continue to grow. So it's city's responsibility to accommodate other methods of transportation. And what that means from my perspective is building more dedicated separatants to enable more forms of micromobility, bikes, scooters, small electric vehicles, so people can get around in a variety of different ways. I think it's kind of interesting. It's it's almost highlighting some of what we're going to see in the future here. I mean, especially, you know, as their baby boomer population ages, we're going to be faced with some of these more resounding healthcare issues with you know, more people needing hospital beds and that sort of thing. You know, one of the things that I thought about was, can micromobility in a pandemic like this or just as we face kind of an aging workforce and aging population play a bigger role in things like, you know, mobilization of patients or doctors and nurses and healthcare workers? You know, you're seeing it in China right now. I'm seeing videos just being in the industry on LinkedIn and different things of doctors taking scooters to the, to work and that sort of thing in the in the wake of the pandemic. I mean, is there have you been queued in at all to you know any thoughts from a either real estate development or city growth strategies around healthcare as it work uh, relates to micromobility? Yeah, I mean, it's such a great point. Uh, you mentioned doctors, nurses, and even patients taking micromobility to be able to get to a hospital, right? It's so convenient in so many ways. As long as you have a mobile device and a credit card, you're able to download this app, scan a QR code, and then hop on your way to get to um, that destination. What's also interesting too is we've even seen the reverse where what you can do in Joyride is also create these B2B models. And, And one of our operators also has they've branded the scooters for doctors. And so they have a, I think it's a private healthcare clinic where the doctors actually ride scooters to their patients. I think that model, I, we had never thought of that kind of business model when we launched the company, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see more and more of that where instead of crowding up hospitals, patients can stay at home and doctors can easily go visit um, their patients using accessible forms of transportation really quickly. That seems like a no-brainer to me, solving a couple different problems with one solution, congestion obviously being one of the primary goals, reducing congestion mm-hmm. being the primary goal of the micromobility industry. But then 
you know, looking at it from this pandemic perspective, not using public transportation or taxis or, or anything like that and exposing yourself to get to patients. So it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting thought process. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who might want to get tested, but maybe they don't want to go to, to a hospital for fears of contracting the virus or passing it on to other people. And so there, there's a really good reason why people are staying home and quarantine themselves. And so this, uh, this could be a growing business model where doctors and nurses are actually going to visit patients using micromobility in this way. And then the other thing is there's, you know, I was thinking about, you know, with the market declines this week, what to invest in. Uh, two thoughts I had, uh, Netflix and delivery apps. Uh, because every, <laughs> free stock advice for people. No, this is not a stock advice show. Don't listen to me. But, uh, you know, in that line of thinking is, and I know that this has started a little bit, you know, like Grubhub and Bite Squad and some others have uh, started looking at uh, fleets of their own, but I don't think it's been adopted on any really huge scale yet. I mean, do you see that as being something that is, uh, especially in light of what's happening, being more adopted by fleet operators or integrated with these delivery systems is uh, using micromobility for food delivery? Yeah, absolutely. We have a couple of different operators on our platform who are uh, working with food delivery companies who are using their scooters to actually go around and deliver food um, in Europe and in the United States. And so it could potentially get people around much faster and deliver the food much faster if you're, you know, in the downtown core of, a, of an urban area and uh, be a, a much more cheaper option for those drivers. Instead of having to go out and get your own car, you can either rent a scooter from a particular company or go out and buy your own for $500 to $1,000, depending on how much it is. So your costs to be a driver are much lower and you can start making money a lot faster as well because maybe you don't have to go through all the same checks and license requirements that you would if you had your own vehicle. So it's actually a better option for drivers. And so we're seeing that business model grow, which is really interesting. And what I've read online anyways, and you know, I've, I've seen it kind of anecdotally, is that people aren't really interested in going out to restaurants as much. I noticed around my home, a bunch of the restaurants were closed like by 6 p.m yesterday, uh-huh. which was kind of unusual. And so really, people are looking for ways to order food online. Um, so that's probably gone up. I haven't seen any of the numbers related to food delivery, but I wouldn't be surprised if when those numbers start to come out, that they'll show that people were looking for those kinds of options right now. Hopefully, even like delivering medical supplies and basic consumer products. Maybe we uh, find some some ways for good through all of this and uh, use use what we have to uh, to benefit the sick here as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you taking a couple minutes here and uh, giving us the update on uh, micromobility space and uh, some analysis on how you see it. Uh, kind of working through this uh, global crisis that we have, but hopefully uh, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, we'll, we'll all be through it and uh, continuing on as normal. Thanks for having me, Brandon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.